Good evening, and welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you today with exceedingly great joy. Today, I want to talk to you about take his head off. That's the topic. As I mentioned last week, peace is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. Fear is a person, and his name is Satan. You see, fear is like a black hole. Cosmologists, those who study the stars, planets, and the cosmos, say that black holes are like a vacuum. They suck in anything that gets close to it. That's because NASA says that black holes are a place in space where the gravitational pull is so strong that even light cannot get out. Space is a dark place, but black holes are even darker. So black, they are invisible. And it is thought that black holes are created when a star collapses. But that's what fear does to us. It sucks us in, and we feel like we can't get out. See, Satan knows how to work this thing, fear. He's trying to take us out with a one-two punch and knock us down for the count, expecting us not to get up. And here's how he's cranking up the fear. We have the baby formula shortage, crisis, which is real. The wheat shortage in China, Russia, and Ukraine is predicted to cause a famine in the fall of 2022. Now, that probably won't hurt us here in America much, but there will be people who will need help here. The first case of the monkeypox virus was identified in New York City last week, and today they announced someone in Florida with it. We don't know its virulence, meaning its severity. It's unknown, although they say it's like having the flu. While the regular flu causes roughly 50,000 deaths per year and affects 35 million people. But the monkeypox virus is the new kid on the block, and we don't know a lot about it. Now, Israel, six days ago, announced that its military, all the way from their military intelligence, engineer corps, army, air force, navy, everything is engaged in the largest military drill in their history, and they're calling it chariots of fire. I find that prophetic. Their minister of defense, Benny Gans, in a recent speech, said Iran is reaching to have enough material for their first bomb within a few weeks. They have installed new centrifuges that enrich the uranium faster. Mr. Gans said, quote, The price we will pay today to eliminate Iran's nuclear program is much smaller than we will have to pay a year from now, end quote. We can't afford to wait. Israel, over the last few weeks, is preparing their military to attack and preparing the civilians to absorb the backlash from the attack from Iran's proxies, their friends, 
Iraq, Lebanon, Syria, Gaza, Hamas. Mr. Gans told the world and said, we put Iran on notice. We know where you are making this bomb and where you have built these new centrifuges. And basically said, we know what you are doing, where you are doing it, and how you are doing it. Now, here in the U.S., we've got that river of flow of illegal immigration, which is problematic, with Title 42, which was set to expire today, the 23rd, but fortunately was halted by a judge. Now, if you don't know what Title 42 is, it's an obscure public health rule that gives federal health officials the authority during a pandemic to turn away asylum seekers in order to limit the introduction of communicable diseases. Now, that gave Border Patrol agents the right to expel migrants seeking asylum without giving them an opportunity to explain their persecution case. Fortunately, the Title 42 will stay in place, and unfortunately, thousands will continue to cross our border. We know gasoline prices continue to soar, and it seems it's not, it's not leveling off. It, the price just keeps going up. I went grocery shopping on Friday and was shocked at how much prices have increased in just the last month. Um, some things actually doubled in price. So everywhere we look, there is some kind of crisis. Psalm 107.27 says this, They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. The whole world is reeling, staggering, disoriented, and bewildered. Young moms are terrified and confused, and one mom said, The desperation is so thick you can cut it with a knife. With the cost of fuel, more and more employees want to work from home. Makes sense. Violence and lawlessness are out of control. It was out of control in the summer of 2020, 2021. Here we go, 2022. More protests and the leak about abortion has the out-of-control activists practically on the doorsteps of the Supreme Court justices' homes. The White House and the Department of Justice say that it's not a problem, although I'm scratching my head because it's illegal. See, you can see that everything is shaking. The whole world is shaking. But don't be concerned. The prophet Joel prophesied in Joel 3.16, he said, the Lord also will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. The heavens and earth will shake, but the Lord will be a shelter for his people. Now that should bring you some hope. You see, the shaking is not going to stop. The Lord is allowing the shaking, but He's going to be a shelter for us, his people. 
the prophet Haggai, said in chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. So we see that the prophets have prophesied, and that is coming to pass. All the nations are shaking. The whole world is shaking. Now, why would the Lord want to shake all the nations? Because this scripture says, they shall come to the desire of all nations. That is a person. That is capitalized. The desire of all nations is Jesus Christ. See, many nations don't know that yet. Some do. They recognize that Jesus is their desire. He's ultimately the desire of every nation. So he's going to shake them until they come to their senses and recognize that he's their desire. Now, this next scripture will point you in the right direction. Paul was speaking to the Thessalonian church, and he said in 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 1 through 2, he said, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Now, Paul, when you read Thessalonians, and I have often said that I'm not uh, well-versed in eschatology, but Second Thessalonians talks a lot about that point in time, which I have to say, I feel like that is right around the corner. Um, the rapture is right around the corner. So when Paul says this, now brethren, that's us, we're the brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering to him, that would be the rapture, we're going to be gathered to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in your mind or troubled. And so that's where we need to be not shaken in our mind, not troubled by words, words that people speak, words we read in the newspaper, words we read online, or words we hear on television. Paul goes on to say in verses 15 and through 17, he says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught whether by word or our epistle, letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Now, that's something that you and I can hold on to. Because it says, Jesus Christ himself and our God, our Father, 
has given us something incredible, everlasting consolation. That is like hope and comfort all tied up in a package. That's what we've been given. And he said, comfort your heart and let that establish you. Let that thought of everlasting consolation and good hope by grace comfort you and establish you in every good word and work. You see, even though all these things are shaking, and they're going to shake, okay, it doesn't matter if the election in 2022 and the election in 2024 um, is won by the Republicans. See, if you're putting your hope in that, I wouldn't put your hope in that. I mean, that would be nice because it would, you know, probably... Um, we'd get rid of the inflation, hopefully. We'd get rid of, you know, high food prices, gas prices. Um, hopefully the belief is, you know, the border would be sealed and this lawlessness might slow down a bit. But to be, to be honest, the Bible predicts the lawless, lawlessness. So the shaking is not going to stop even if the Republicans win. That's what you have to realize here. This shaking is not going to stop because there's a purpose in it. Jesus has a purpose for the shaking. He's going to shake every nation in the world so that they come to the desire of him. So we're in it. We're going to be in the shaking. And even though everything is shaking right now, we do have to pay attention to Israel. Because this situation over there is about to explode. And it's, it will escalate things in the earth. I don't know how it will, but it will. So my first question to you is this. Are you ready to meet Jesus? Are you sure of your salvation? Or have you sat on the fence for some time? You know what I mean by sitting on the fence. That means one foot in the world and one foot in the church. You know, you like to have it both ways. I have such an urgency in my spirit in this last week that we must, must be ready to meet Jesus. The Holy Spirit reminded me of the parable building on the rock. Jesus said in Luke 6, verses 46 through 49, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? That's a pretty good question. Why do Christians call him Lord? Lord. But they don't do what he says. They don't do the things outlined in the word of God that he says to do. They just live their life as they would like to live their life, but not based on the scriptures. So he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do the things which I say? He says, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. Oh, he's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and couldn't shake it. For it was founded on the rock. 
but he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently or forcefully and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great, Jesus said. Boy, I'm telling you, this is a time when we have to be like this man building a house on a strong foundation. We have to dig deep, dig deep. Have you ever watched a house be built? They have to dig pretty deep to lay a foundation. And that's just a picture of us having to dig deep in the Word of God. Dig deep into that Bible. Dig deep because the pearls and treasures are immense. Because then your house won't shake. See, it doesn't matter how much the flood comes, the stream, the winds beat against the house. It's not going to shake it. It's not going to knock it down. It's not going to knock you down because you're founded on the rock who's Jesus Christ. All the things I've previously mentioned this evening, inflation, famine, baby formula crisis, the border crisis, the Roe v. Wade protests, the war in Ukraine, the soon war between Israel and Iran, lawlessness. These have all been unleashed by the evil one to cause so much fear in you and I that our house, our spiritual house, will crack and great will be our fall. But I want to tell you, we are living in the greatest hour where our faith is being tested. Will you be sucked into the black hole of fear and let your house fall? Or will you rise up and take the head off of your enemy? After the smooth stone struck Goliath in the head, he fell to the ground dead. But David didn't stop there. <laughs> he pulled out Goliath's own sword out of its sheath and cut off his head, the scripture says. James 1 says, James chapter 1 says, The testing of your faith produces patience. So let patience have its thorough work that you may be mature and complete. Lacking nothing. Fear is like a large looming mountain that taunts you, like Goliath taunted the Israeli army. Jesus told us what to do with mountains that come in our path. He said, speak to the mountain. Jesus said in Mark 11, but first, have faith in God. That's first. That's the first key. Then use your voice and speak to that mountain. Scripture says, for assuredly. Now, when Jesus says, for assuredly, you can count on that. He says, assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So any obstacle in your path to your promised land is a mountain. You take the enemy's head off 
with your words of faith. Listen, you don't have time to be wallowing in self-pity. If you don't take his head off, he'll take yours off. He'll silence your voice and abilities to advance God's kingdom. Time is short. Each day, we are getting closer to the rapture. I believe that with all of my heart and soul. And you and I have loved ones that need saved. See, you have to take this seriously. Stop playing a Christian. And actually live your life as if Christ were coming back tomorrow. I have said this many times and sometimes I think it falls on deaf ears. But start praying for your loved ones. Especially um, those in your household, those close to you. Earnestly praying and show them. See, your actions have to Show the love of Christ. Make Jesus your first priority in the morning. Draw near to him. Talk to him. Fellowship with him. You see, people will see Jesus in you as you behold his beauty and feel his love. You can't give what you don't have. You can't give Jesus to someone if you don't have much of Jesus in you. Souls, souls. Yes, we need to be winning souls. This is not a time to be timid or shy. Why? Because someone's life is hanging in the balance. Someone you know needs Jesus. The effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous person avails much, Scripture says. And that means it produces a lot of fruit. Make a list of names of people that need Jesus and bring them before the Lord. Ask the Holy Spirit for an open door to speak to them about Jesus. Pray over the right words to say and be able to share your testimony. Make it brief, not some long, drawn-out story. And then ask if you can pray for them. Or if they say no, then say, well, is there anything that you would like prayer for? Remember this, you are sowing seeds. You're sowing seeds of salvation, faith, and God's love to them. No matter what, even if they don't want to receive Christ right at that moment. So I would like to pray for you. Father, I ask you to strengthen the faith of each one listening tonight. It's the overcoming faith to take off the head of their enemy of fear. As they draw near and dear to you, Lord, may they be emboldened to share the good news of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you don't know Jesus, and you're listening to this broadcast, if you don't know Jesus and you would like to make him your savior, would you pray this prayer with me? Lord, I come humbly with a childlike heart, and I ask you to save me. I need a savior. Fill my heart with your love 
so that I may be born again. I believe in my heart, God, that you raised Jesus from the dead, and I confess you with my mouth. Forgive me of my sins and make me brand new. Amen. Well, if you have prayed that prayer with me, would you please email me so I can send you some literature? Would you let me know that you've prayed that prayer? It's very, very important. You can email me at dawn at pureheart.today. That's all lowercase letters. D-A-W-N at pureheart.today. You can go to www.pureheart.today to listen to this podcast again, or you can download the iHeartRadio app, go to podcasts, and click on Pure Heart Ministries to listen to this podcast again. And of course, without your prayers, this I couldn't do what I do. So I'm grateful and thankful for your prayers. And uh, I'd love for you to sow a seed into this ministry. If you would please um, do that, you can write me at Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. I think last week I forgot to give you the zip code. So it's Pure Heart Ministries, P.O. Box 85, Valley Grove, West Virginia, 26060. And of course, you know, I really do appreciate feedback. Uh, I, I mean, it's important to me to get some feedback to know how, how this is affecting you or if it's helping you in any way. So please do think about emailing me. I would love to hear back from you. So I look forward to being with you next week. This is Don Noble saying, Shalom, Shalom, peace be unto you.